It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. How did the pandemic affect the protests? Hong Kong is a place that survived SARS. I think, you know, it is very much ingrained in our society. And so I think that kicked in almost immediately. You've got to be healthy and you've got to be alive to protest. If there's a pandemic going everywhere, mm, not the best idea. <laughs> My name is Michelle. I'm from Hong Kong. I'm in Hong Kong right now. Actually, we are in what we call our third wave of cases. Schools were suspended, people were advised to work from home, public gathering, no more than two people. So essentially, you cannot gather. I work in the arts. I started my curatorial work in 2016. Sightlines is a collective project that I started with a few other friends, sort of thinking about what does it mean to have a creative practice in a post-social movement in Hong Kong. And it's a project that we started together after the Umbrella Movement in 2014. Hundreds of thousands packed the streets of downtown Hong Kong as police fired as many as 87 cans of tear gas. Determined demonstrators shielding themselves with umbrellas and spawning the so-called umbrella revolution. Protesters, mostly students, are demanding full democracy. One of the images that impacted me most was actually from uh, the work by CNG Art Partment, where their entire project was about finding a ghost. Ghost in the Cantonese um, language also means someone who betrayed you. CNG, they brought up this idea of the ghost as related to um, the Umbrella Movement. As the movement ended, what sometimes happened is you ended up doubting whether that person is on your side. In the Cantonese language, what we say is, oh, uh, there's a ghost in our group. That means there's someone who's betraying us in the group. And so it, it, it's about the loss of trust. As the pandemic continues, I think one definitely feels the, the government using that as a reason to clamp down. The national security law came into effect either on the 30th of June or the 1st of July 2020. If the state thinks that you are posing a threat to the government or have sort of intention for sedition, then you could be arrested. So how has Hong Kong changed since the, the national security law came into effect? In my area, it's quite quiet. One can still go out. Of course, there are arrests that are being made. Police in Hong Kong have made their first arrest under a new national security law. Thousands of people took to the streets today in protest. Police confronted them with water cannon, tear gas and pepper spray. About 400 people were arrested. 
Oh, it's a little overwhelming how it, how it's making me feel. I, I would hate to panic. I think panic is the the worst thing you can do. I go back to thinking about how do we tell the story of this place. So, how has the pandemic affected art making and art viewing in Hong Kong? Art viewing is definitely、um, affected.、Uh, a lot of galleries are closed. Museums are closed again at the moment. So we're sort of doing things week by week, and so you have to begin to sort of sign health declaration forms, get your temperature recorded. But that has gone into hiatus mode again because of the cases recently. One of the interesting things that I have personally observed and also in some ways participated is in supporting our local bookshops, where a lot of new writing and new literature, responding and reflecting on the recent protests, have come up with sort of new publications. So a lot of people are supporting that. How did the pandemic affect the Triennale? It was supposed to happen in March. What the Hong Kong component would be in the Yokohama Triennale? Our premise is to sort of deliberate on these moments or what happens when justice becomes discursive. An example from Hong Kong is when the protests were happening in 2019. We thought a lot about the relationship between victims and. Perpetrator and how do you suspend that? So we moved to sort of think a lot about speech acts and staging that would allow us to explore these contours. We were planning to have a party on the Hong Kong Island, which was part of the protest route, and then we were also planning to hang a banner by the、uh, San Francisco-based artist Jerome Reyes from another building, which is on the protest route. We plan to place these、um, elements not to represent the protest itself, but to say that something happened here at some point, and what it is, it's your interpretation. Art for me is not about communicating one message. We're demanding a black and white sort of demarcation of truth and false, of right and wrong. But the world is often not like that. We're actually exploring protest as a corporeal moment of these bodies coming together, of that moment of heat, of sweat. I think in that. Moment, the the experience of art would be different because you are not in a white cube. There are no protocols of you know how you should dress, how you should behave. There'll be no champagne glasses. In the curatorial projects and a lot of creative and artistic projects that I find most interesting, there is a very conscious philosophical withdrawal. From what is happening in the day-to-day -day world, you can say that it's a coping mechanism, but I, I wouldn't say that's actually a, a removal or withdrawal from politics. It's a different kind of engagement. We are so much more than just part of a political system. Of course, a political system sometimes dictates how we can act and what we can do, and you know what is right or wrong. I think it's actually important to resist some of it when we can. So a 
piece of art that does this for me is a film by the artist CC Wu. It's a film called The Unfinished Return of Yuman Han. Yuman Han was, is, we don't know if he's still alive, a mentally challenged young person who disappeared from the Hong Kong side of the border into Shenzhen in year 2000. And he just ran across the border, across the bridge, and disappeared. And his mother never stopped trying to look for him. And this really beautiful moment in the film, which you know brought tears to my eyes, CC engaged a lantern maker in Hong Kong, and she made this huge white cow lantern, which is this really cute, also quite big um, lantern. And it was a scene on a ferry where a boy, who may or may not be Yuan Han, sits alone on the ferry. And the cow lantern starts moving towards him and sits next to him and keeps him company. I think this for me is a really beautiful moment of sort of abstracting a really heartbreaking story that had even more heartbreaking sort of later episodes with with the anti-extradition law and now the national security law. offers me a moment to suspend my judgment on all that had happened and to sort of think about and just inhabit that moment of, you know, was Yuman Han afraid or the pain of the mother and the, the pain of the people of Hong Kong who have to go through all of this now. Do I see myself staying in Hong Kong for the long term? I don't see myself leaving immediately. I'm open to options, but I think, you know, it's also important to be here at this moment in time. <laughs>